0: Hey everyone, Lindsay Linton Buck here, the Project Director of Women in Wyoming. I'm so excited to share with you that I will be debuting the portraits and interviews that I've captured over the last couple of years, producing this series at the Buffalo Bill Center of the West in Cody, Wyoming, this fall. The exhibit will debut October 25th, 2019 through August 2nd, 2020. If you're in the Cody, Wyoming area, please stop by, you'll have an opportunity to check out this work person, and celebrate the achievements, power, and learned wisdom of Wyoming women today.
1: Kind of in control of your life to a point, but what's got to be done, you you do it. But when we had work to do outside, we all did it, and we worked together. If you want kids to work, work with them, and they learn to work from you. And that's the way we worked our ranch. If we branded, we all branded. If we cleaned house, we all cleaned house. And we just worked together. I'm Lindsay
0: Linton Buck, and you're listening to Women in Wyoming, where I talk with inspiring and influential women around the state and learn about their lives, journeys, and how they got to where they are today. This is Chapter Three Power. This time, Mickey Toman a living legend and ranching matriarch who runs a sheep and cattle operation with her three daughters in Sweetwater County, Wyoming. A cowgirl, role model, and genuine leader, Mickey has remained relevant in the ever-changing and ever-challenging world of agriculture with a spirit of true resilience and strength. I joined Mickey and her family at sheep camp at the base of the Wind River Mountains, as well as on their homestead near the Green River, to learn about Mickey's deep connection and love for her family, animals, and the land she's called home her entire life. Here's Mickey.
1: My name is Mickey Toman. My other name is Mary A. And since my daughter is Mary E., they call me Mickey. And I'm 89 years old. And I was born in a big ranch house, log home that my grandfather built on a stormy night. <laughs> and right now, I live on the Green River in Sweetwater County, Wyoming. And I live here with most of my family. It's still with me. And we run a sheep and livestock operation.
0: What's your favorite time of year? On your
1: land my favorite time of year on the land is probably spring when everything starts to turn green and then the rest of the year is my favorite time too <laughs> so you like every time of year yes and in the winter I look at the thermometer and depending on what it says that's what I put on I turn the heat up or I have a wood stove and I build a fire of course I was raised around wood stove.
0: Do you mind working outside in the winter?
1: No, I don't. I just dress for it. And just looking out and thinking how peaceful it is out here. And I have trees out here and the wind's blowing and it tells you how fast it's blowing. <laughs> and the wind's not blowing there still. So that's kind of the way it is. Just being glad to be here and you're on the animals and just peaceful.
0: What are some of your earliest memories that come to mind of growing up with your family on the ranch and with the livestock?
1: My dad, and he was a great teacher. And the first thing I remember is him taking me on a horse with him. And and he did that many times. And I had a couple of brothers when they would come home, they would take me with them and then we would ride. In the winter weather or cold weather, I would ride an old horse that we had that my brothers also rode to the same ranch school in the colder weather, or good weather, that'd make us walk. And we had some neighbors that lived about halfway between our house and the school, and we'd always meet and walk together or whatever, and we'd always get to school on time, but it took us a long time to get home at night sometime. We had stick horses and stick crawls all along the road, or the creek, We'd have to play Pony Express or something on the way home, so I spent a lot of my days horseback.
0: And would you say that's one of your earliest love of
1: animals was well, with horses? Horses have always been my love, and I always, from the time I was able to sit on a horse, I that's what I did. It's like a personality; you communicate with them. And my dad was a good teacher, and since they took me that with them a lot, I also learned to drive teams and work work with workhorses and in the hayfields from the time I was probably four or five. And I can remember we drug poles out of the canyons that lived right next to the timber. My dad would put me on a big workhorse and hook a bunch of poles behind him, and he would have another horse with poles, and we'd come out of the canyon on the trail.
0: So this was before the days of tractors. That's <laughs> right, yeah.
1: And I would just ride that horse, and if he hollered, "roll," the horse stopped. So that was one of the things I remembered. I think it must have been a little bit scary because I remember it well. (laughs) But I don't remember any scary things really happening. You
0: grew up in an agricultural ranching family, and then you met your husband who...
1: Was out of a sheep outfit.
0: Yeah, talk to me about how you met him and how you started your ranch together
1: as a family. Well... My mother always said, well, if you find somebody who has the same interests, you better not let loose of them. And, well, my husband, Bill Tillman, he liked horses very much, and uh, all through high school and that he made money, but he'd go out and chase horses and catch them and sell them, and his folks thought he was wasting his time and money, but that was his interest, and, and how we really got together was during the days of rodeo. Yeah, I was at rodeo queen oh, right. that year, 1947 horsebacking in the parades and stuff. Kind of started going together then. But he was pretty persistent. We finally got married in April, and then we moved out to sheep camp. And so from then on, we were in the sheep dens. herded sheep on the desert in the past, and he got acquainted with the people that have this ranch where we live now, and they wanted to sell it, and so we were fortunate enough to buy it. And I'd had three little kids by then. And I took them out to the sheep camp in the spring, and they would herd sheep with me. That's the way we kind of grew up.
0: And what is it about being out there with the sheep or out in the landscape that's so special and powerful?
1: Well, for you? I don't care whether it's horses or sheep. If you herd sheep, you learn about them and you communicate with them, and and you know what they're thinking, and they know what you're going to do, and you don't have any trouble herding them. And that's the trouble today is a Sheepers don't want to stay out and learn about the sheep and they just don't hurt them anymore like they used to. Mm-hmm. And I really like herding sheep because you communicate with those sheep. You know what they're gonna do. Communicating with them. And you learn their language.
0: You and your husband were starting to have children, you're creating a family and you were spending time at sheep camp with them, but then you were also building your homestead here too. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about those years where having them be a part of your ranch. Well, we
1: had, uh, go- and going to school, when I got to high school, I had to board out. And sometime during the winter, I didn't get home all winter. And I swore when I had kids that I was going to raise my own kids, I wasn't going to have them living with somebody else. And that's kind of what started. We started a school on a ranch in 1958, and all of my seven kids went through the eighth grade there.
0: And that school still exists? And we there? still
1: have the school today, and I have a, a granddaughter that's going there now, and she's the only student most of the time. And so I decided our kids were going to be raised by us and not somebody else.
0: What mattered to you to share with your kids about living the ranching lifestyle and the Well, what we lifestyle. did is
1: but when we had work to do outside, we all did it. And we worked together. And I was the 4-H leader for 58 years. And my biggest concern was that if you want kids to work, work with them. And they learn to work from you. And that's the way we worked our ranch. If we branded, we all branded. If we cleaned house, we all cleaned house. And we just worked together. And if it was a vacation, we all went to the fair together. Or we all worked together, and that was vacation. And I guess today they think more of going out going out. Fishing or floating river or something, but I still think work is vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's it. what I've done all my life. Kids always wanted to come back. They, to this day, they have instilled that livelihood in their kids. Right. Well, you're
0: running this ranch with your three daughters. Yeah. You are very much the matriarch of this
1: operation. What does that role or that
0: title mean to you?
1: You know, I don't think of being an adult boss. I just think about working together with my family. I don't call myself a boss. I just enjoy that they're still here. There's so many joys,
0: it sounds like, from being able to do this with your kids, but there's a lot of hardship in the ranching lifestyle, and you have definitely
1: yeah, well, um, experienced that too. During the lifetime we lost a daughter that... She was very, a very good horseman, and she could break any kind of a horse. Well, she went out, and she didn't come back. It was late, and nobody was home but me, and I had a small baby at that time. And when my husband got home about 9 or 10 that night, I said, well, Kathy didn't make it home. I think maybe something might could have happened to her. Well, it was so dark he couldn't look for her. So he got a plane the next morning, and, well, we all looked, looked, and we... We didn't find her, but we did find her horse standing by the edge of the river, standing over her hat, so we knew she must have fell in the river. Uh, anyway, we actually looked for her for five days, and the funny lord, the reservoir, and some fishermen found her on the base of an island. And that's where we found her. So then that ended that, and they had the whole county out looking for her. So it was that was traumatic experience. And then it was four years later that my son was killed in an accident hauling hay cubes from Riverton to home and overturned the cubes, and another guy ran into him, and I think he tried to miss him and swerved or something, and he ran into him and killed, him. killed them both. So that was in 1979, and he had two little boys. One was three weeks old and one was three years so that was that chapter. Quite a while after that, I lost my husband in an accident. And everybody thought I was just going to sell the an outfit, and I said, Why would I sell it? This has been my whole life. And I knew what to do, and that's what I'm doing today. And I think that's what he would have wanted. So I'm still here, and I'm still enjoying it. If I can help, I do, and if, if I don't, I get out of the way.
0: You have such a tight knit family. You lost two children and then you lost your husband and your partner. What was that like moving forward and how did you keep going?
1: Keep busy. You just kept working. You know, you get over You never get really over it. You just learn to live with it and accept it and work with it. And I'd been anywhere on the ranch with the kids. We'd all done something somewhere together, either move camps or worked livestock, gathered cows, worked sheep, and worked in the quells, and we just worked together. And and when I was in the house working on books or something, I got tired I I liked to ride. I'd go get my horse and go out for a ride. Brought our family together because they all chipped in work. What's your secret to
0: staying relevant and continuing to survive in this industry that can be very difficult over the changing
1: times? Well... I mean, you're kind of in control of your life to a point, but what's got to be done, you, you do it. If you can't do it, you find somebody that will. And that was my husband's philosophy. If he couldn't get something done, he would find somebody that did And I've kind of done that throughout my life. So we have all still fighting for agriculture, and they all like to work with sheep. They all like to work with cows. They all like horses. My oldest daughter's still running to all the meetings, and She's on state committees and on the governor's committee and carries a lot of weight in our area. And, and the grandkids are right into the agricultural role also. So it just instilled in our blood, I guess, from day one.
0: We're sitting here at your homestead that you've been at for well, well over half a...
1: seven eighty 80 years
0: almost. So You have such a strong connection to place... What is that feeling that you get and why you are so rooted to this exact well, place? Well, I think
1: it's peaceful here when I look out. and I'm religious, but I don't spend all my time in church because I feel that God is out here with me. And the good memories have been out here. I used to chase horses out there with my husband and then my one daughter. And that was probably an exciting part of my life. And then we later had... Airplane pilots flying and chasing horses in. Go out on the desert and hold some mares and have their colts locked up. And when the wild horses come up to me, I would turn the mares loose and they would lead them into the corral. And I'd have to jump on my horse and run behind them and shut the gates. When i go out and drive, it's places that i have been with my husband or my kids or something. And I get a good feeling. I, I don't, uh, I feel bad about the time that they've passed on, but, but I find out keeping busy, I can deal with it. If you've got animals to feed in the morning, or I'm one that likes to feed them in the evening, and then I don't have to get up that early. <laughs> we always have animals at the ranch. And right now we have our buck lambs, and then we'll have our winning calves, and there's stuff to go on every day.
0: You had this super strong imprint of Growing up with your dad and, and coming from an agricultural and ranching background, was there ever a moment in time where you thought, I'm going to do something completely different, or did you always know that no, you would? No,
1: I didn't. I never wanted to leave the ranch ever. And in and growing up, my folks would go to town. And, I'm not going to town. I'm staying here. And so I would stay at the ranch. You've
0: seen so much. You've lived through so much. What wisdom would you want to impart from what you've learned about your life and, and what you want to want your kids to know or want someone well, listening to know. i we like
1: to teach them everything that we could possibly teach them or help them learn, I still feel that way. And I just feel like it's still my life, and I still want to pass out what I know. I'm still interested in seeing what's happening and what's going and what's changing. I think if you're looking for peace and not trouble, you're happy. And I feel like I'm happy. I just like being here. And you know, I like seeing the animals and taking care of them, seeing that they're peaceful. <laughs> so I always have them around me and they said, don't you get lonely? I don't ever get really lonely. Yeah, I miss my family, but I got plenty to do to keep me busy. You know, I hope that lasts for a while.
0: What's your secret to a, a long, purposeful life?
1: Just work and be happy. If you're not happy, Nothing's right. And I think you'll be happy if you're busy.
0: That was Mickey Toman on the Toman Ranch in Sweetwater County, Wyoming. To see Mickey's full profile and portraits at sheep camp and on her homestead, visit womeninwyoming.com. That's womeninwyoming.com. You can also follow my journey on Instagram at Yo. That's women in WYO or on Facebook at Women in Wyoming. The Women in Wyoming Multimedia Exhibit will debut in partnership with the Buffalo Bill Center of the West in Cody, Wyoming, October 25, 2019 through August 2, 2020. The exhibit will feature large-scale portraits and audio soundscape and interactive components celebrating the achievements, power, and learned wisdom of Wyoming women today. Visit WomenInWyoming.com to learn more about how you can help bring this vision to life and sponsor the Women in Wyoming exhibit at the Center of the West. Funding for Chapter 3 comes from the Wyoming Community Foundation, the Equipoise Fund, and Center of Wonder. Womentum is our nonprofit fiscal sponsor. I'm Lindsay Linton Buck, and you've been listening to Women in Wyoming.